Hi there, my name is Pranay Parab and I host this podcast. Google wasn't exactly clear about what Android Go is during the Google I.O. keynote and we received some additional details after the keynote was over. This episode was recorded right after the keynote, so some of the questions that we asked have already been answered. The article is on Gadgets360.com. You can go and check out the features section to find this article and more answers about Android Go. Hello everyone and welcome to Orbital, the Gadgets360 podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about Google I.O. 2017. The keynote just happened and we have our games editor Rishi Alwani right here in the Bombay office of NDTV to talk about it. Greetings ladies and gentlemen. And we have our editor-in-chief Kunal Dua. He is in California right at the event venue and he is going to be joining us from there. Hi from Mountain View everybody. Yeah, hi, and I'm your host Pranay Parab. So before we begin this episode, we'd like to say that there may be certain minor disturbances on Kunal's end. So please bear with that. We'll try to minimize it as much as possible. But if there are some minor background noises, please excuse us for that. Okay, so I think the first and most important topic is Android O. We were all expecting a lot of announcements about this, but it seems to me that Google has slowed down the pace of development and is focusing more on the uh, important things that is making the these Android O devices work better as in uh, entry-level devices support Android O better. So how important is this for a market like India? Oh, well, I mean, if you ask me, it's it's an interesting take because this isn't the first time Google is trying to target uh, emerging markets, as you may. Uh, they've tried this back in the past with, uh, the, with Android Silver, with Android One, and the results haven't been that hot. Uh, at the same time, uh, they haven't stopped either. Uh, what they announced with Android Go is a set of pared-down apps that uh, are that aren't as data-intensive, and at the same time, uh, will promise a similar level of experience. Now we've seen uh, we've seen things like this in the past from the likes of Google, from Facebook, uh, trying to allow access to a larger audience, the next billion, if you will, uh, with with a slimmed-down experience, ensuring that the, it works within their data caps. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if this works this time around because right now, we, at least in India, we have uh, really low data rates because of geo. So I don't know how much of an impact this will actually make. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, I was very happy to see this particular like announcement happening because it uh, to me, as far as I'm concerned, like every time I recommend an Android phone to anybody, the first thing that comes to mind is that it may not have the latest version of Android. And even if it does, it may not run well. So at least it this thing uh, addresses that one, uh, one of those two problems. But I'm not sure if uh, this will actually uh, encourage more manufacturers to get Android O on these entry-level devices. And that still remains a big problem. I think I, I personally I see a lot of problems with this initiative. So I think the intention is obviously right. The idea being that any device with up to 1 GB RAM, uh, the performance will be really optimized. You'll get apps that are optimized for low-end devices with low, you know, with low RAM. But in, in practice, I think we're going to see a few problems. First of all, how many devices are actually out there right now which are shipping with, uh, you know, less than 1 GB RAM? Not too many. I mean... That's also partially because Android is kind of resource hungry, so you probably need to put in more RAM, but the reality is already out there. Most of the, even the entry-level phones we're seeing coming with 2 GB RAM and, and uh, Google has announced that this will not ship until 2018, so the landscape might change further till then. 
Secondly, developers will have to actually optimize these apps. So it's not as if you can just take an app, they will, and it will run as is there. They'll need to actually make an effort to do this. So, so how many developers will want to do that? Again, remains to, to be seen. So Google is saying that they will incentivize developers by promoting their apps on the app on the App Store. But again, I mean, I'm not sure how many people will actually make that effort. And finally, I mean, with the, from a consumer's point of view, this almost sounds like Android Lite. And, you know, if you think about the consumer's mindset, nobody wants to be, uh, you know, running the fake or the light version of Android. I, I mean, I think that's what, of not just Android, I think any software or any app, people want to be running the real thing. So whether they will really embrace this, I don't know. Uh, what's interesting, though, is uh, especially the part, Kunal, which you brought up about apps. A lot of Indian developers have essentially been making light apps for the longest time, uh, particularly with games. A lot of the games based on Chota Beam, based on Teen Pati, they're all under that uh, 20 MB uh, download limit. And uh, yes, th they've worked to some degree because in part because, yes, Google's been giving them a lot of publicity on the store page. But even then, from a developer standpoint, uh, the experience isn't even there yet and the users do drop off after a while. So yeah, I, I do agree that this will be a problem going forward if they want to scale this to a certain level. Somehow I feel that these American companies seem to think that India is a market that needs these light apps and these uh, light versions of the uh, operating system. Uh, because if you look at a company like Facebook, uh, it has been promoting this Facebook light for a while now. I'm not even sure how many people uh, actually use this or prefer this over the uh, bulky and full-featured Facebook experience. Uh, and that was one of the apps that was featured in that apps optimized for uh, your device, that uh, featured screen that they showed a screenshot. Uh, for Google Play from Android O. So I'm really not sure like how much uh, this initiative is going to help. But yeah, I mean, then again, like on the other uh, other end of the spectrum, I see many people using these entry-level Android devices, which lag a lot. And after a point, they uh, reach this, uh, hit the space limit as well, which prevents them from installing new apps. So if they, I mean, as, as you said, Kunal, the intention is definitely right, but it remains to be seen how many people will implement this. And um, since we are on that topic, uh, we did hear something about Android instant apps last year, uh, but there was no mention of it at today's keynote. So does anyone have any idea what is going on with that? I think that, yeah, today they didn't, men so they didn't mention it today, but I think that's, that, that thing is still there. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how many developers have actually adopted it because we haven't really seen any statistics. But I think uh, just a small, uh, I think to make an additional point on Android Go, I think the limit is there is 10 MB and not uh, 20 MB as Rishi suggested. Oh, and, okay. And yeah, so which I think further uh, puts down the, you know, the, the amount of apps that will actually qualify for this. Yeah. Uh, but what is what I did find really cool though is uh, YouTube Go allowing for, P, allowing for P2P sharing on certain apps, uh, on certain videos which basically means uh, if you download a video from YouTube and you want to share it with your friend and you don't have data, you can you can share it locally, which I think is really cool. Uh, I think we might see some interesting uh, hacks from users on that space in, when that actually shows up. Because, uh, I mean, if there's one thing for sure, people will still want to economize on data, no matter how cheap I it is. I think gets. individual apps, uh, like Pranay, you were mentioning earlier, right? Facebook, Lite. Uh, I think at an individual app level, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at Facebook's main app, which is what... A ridiculous like 150 MB or something so I don't think people have that kind of uh, uh, people have that kind of storage space so I think the bigger constraint in devices these in, in, in a lot of these low-end devices is storage space so it's good that it's being optimized apps are being optimized for that 
and Facebook Lite. I think uh, last numbers that Facebook shared, it had 200 million users. So it's clearly getting some amount of traction. But for me, I'm not sure consumers will still, you know, want to get a fake version of Android, which I think will this will be seen as from consumers. Everybody wants to be on the real thing, and and uh, especially. If let's say some of the apps are not optimized, so you'll not get access to those apps or what? I don't know how, how that's going to work. That if somebody, there is no Go version of that app, does that mean you will not be able to play that game or you will not be able to play that, uh, or you know, use that app? So that sounds like you'll be missing out on a lot of stuff. Yeah, this could just end up being their way of having a soft walled garden of sorts where perhaps access could be restricted unless, I don't know, you enable developer options or something. But yeah, it does seem to be going in that direction. Let's, I mean, imagine, uh, we thought fragmentation on Android was bad, and imagine what happens now, so. Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting time. But on the topic of Android, oh, though a majority of us were, were hoping to see an actual name, well, that didn't happen. Uh, but what was really cool was some of the under-the-hood improvements that that, that, that that they talked about in terms of battery management, in terms of uh, Project Treble, even though that just got a mention for one, uh, in, in one sentence, compared to a full leak in an article that happened in Ars Technica a couple of days earlier. It just goes to show that Android's reached a stage where uh, it's not about the, not so much about the, about the UI as it was, and more to do about how it works under the hood. Yeah, so we've been uh, playing around with a preview version of Android O, and uh, my colleague uh, Aditya Shenoy, he's the one who's installed it on a Pixel. And uh, what we've noticed so far is that so many of these tiny tweaks are w what are like really prominent. For example, if you pull down the notification drawer, then the icons of each app like it just nicely slides into the uh, to the notification bar. And uh, other tweaks like if you just select something on 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 screen, for example, if it's a phone number, then it automatically gives you the option to call somebody so these uh, minor tweaks are i mean increasingly prominent and in a way it's good because as it is android like new versions of android take a long time to reach uh, most people and even now i don't think android nuga is very popular i guess marshmallow and lollipop are the most popular versions of android so to address that the google um, i mean google's uh, project treble looks like an interesting bet but once again i'm not sure like how many manufacturers are going to be interested in that especially if you look at many of these chinese manufacturers who put uh, totally customized versions of Android that take like a long time to implement the latest version of Android. So Rishi, you have any like ideas on how that's going to work out? I, I don't know, but that's actually a very good point because a lot of uh, third parties have their own battery management systems. They have their own security systems. And while Google's also offering something like Google Play Protect, which basically harnesses uh, their cloud network to check an app that's installed on your phone to make sure it's not malicious. These are great things to have. But at the same time, we already have a mini cottage industry of OEMs doing all of this anyway. So I think it's Google's way of uh, ensuring that there's a level playing field across manufacturers. Uh, how many of them actually decide to play by their rules or not remains to be seen. Yeah. So uh, Kunal, you saw the Google Play Protect uh, demo over there, right? Uh, doesn't it feel like a Microsoft security essentials for Android? Yeah, it was like, you know, we're seeing something on Windows. Uh, so it's, I think some of the other stuff that Google announced is pretty interesting in the sense that uh, it seems like, you know, Android started, started with this, uh, you know, being this open system where anything goes and, uh, you know, the design was probably not so good. And iOS started with the you know focus on design. Everything was closed, and now we're you know both of the systems are you know kind of meeting in the middle. iOS has become more and more open. Android has you know initially uh, with material design and everything. Android improved in terms of design, and now 
you see Google is kind of limiting what apps can do. Like today, I think a big focus was, uh, you know, they will limit uh, what apps can do in the background to, to improve battery life. And, uh, and so, so stuff like that wherein they're uh, limiting the capabilities, but again, to improve the battery life. Because you have phones which have like ridiculous batteries, 4000mAh and things like that. If, if if you gave probably an iPhone that kind of battery size, you'll probably get a week's battery, uh, you know, backup out of that, of real usage. So it's it's interesting that how the two systems that started with, con, you know, contrasting approaches are now meeting in the middle with iOS opening up more and more and, uh, and Android, you know, kind of locking down on some of the things which probably are, uh, you know, not needed. I mean, it's not as if they're they're doing away with side loading or things like that. But some of the practices that they're doing, I think, really are in interest of the consumers. And it, it's great. I think it's 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 great news for the consumers. And the, the two operating systems are, I think, it's, it's really now, there's no choice of, oh, you know, this is a hardcore philosophy in terms of A, a stands for X and B stands for Y. I think it's more about, it, there's more choice for consumers, which is obviously great. Uh, yeah, I mean, choice aside, it's also nice to see that uh, one one interesting uh, thread throughout the keynote was how Google was ensuring that their their apps work across platforms, not just uh, Android. They, they, they stressed a lot on the fact that iOS gets the same level of treatment, particularly with Assistant and Photos and whatever else they showed off. So that's, that was actually pretty nice to see. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean... Why uh, is Assistant, somebody tell me, why is Assistant a standalone app and not inside the Google main app? Yeah, I really couldn't figure that out. I think it's because it's a way to ensure that there's greater adoption across devices. No, it's on on iOS. This is a standalone app, so why can't it? Why it, there's already a Google app which has like mm -hmm. cards and everything. I I don't know which already a lot of people use. It's, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure why Google decided to get a you know standalone app for that. Anyways. I mean, to me, what's interesting is I just think it's a way for them to. They probably see the in, the the user interface as a limiter of sorts. And if you break it down and make it somewhat easier to use with a lower entry barrier in terms of use case, I guess that's what they're going for. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to be that way, right? Considering they want to go AI first, they want searches to be a lot more conversational. Uh, it just seems to be an easier push. Yeah, for me, I see it as one more Google app that wants access to my location data all the time. Oh, that's yeah, that's another way of looking at it. Well, already yeah. Google Assistant was kind of available on iOS through the Allo app, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, true, true. So I I really cannot see why they built in built it inside a new app which you'll have to install instead of building it into the Google app itself, which so many people have and like. Let's so, see. Let yeah. me if I can find somebody who is willing to talk about this, I'll probably ask Google that this week. Yeah, that's something that we need to find out. Also, uh, since we mentioned Google Photos in passing, that seemed to be a major focus of their event. And unlike some other features which were announced at previous uh, uh, previous uh, iterations of Google I.O., um, this is one feature that uh, not only did it uh, make it to everybody's phones, it has also taken off quite a bit. I mean, 500 million uh, monthly active users in a span of just two years is phenomenal. Honestly, that number is uh, incredible. I'm sure, you know, it padded up a bit because of the fact that the photos is now the default app on the phones that are coming right now if i'm not wrong so yes, it it's, is. that obviously helps the usage quite a bit but yeah still it's it's like a great app i think it's it's google at its very best on both android and ios it's it's a phenomenal app and i think i love the features that they've added today as anyone uh, with a family can attest i think this shared library is a uh, is a huge problem and so from again obviously we'll wait to see how it actually pans out but the what google demoed it's, it's, I think, Google at its, like I said, it's really best doing 
things right using face recognition and doing you know leveraging cloud so to get the photos automatically uploaded and automatically downloaded on the other device it was it sounded like some really cool stuff yeah it definitely did and uh, it's not just with family i mean imagine if you go on a trip with your friends and uh, for example it's like a trek and there are like some 20 people on the trek everybody's clicking uh, different photos um i would say that you know having a temporary shared library with these people would also help uh, and yeah once you're done with the trip then you get those photos out and then move on um, so i really enjoyed those features as well yeah that was nice uh, because microsoft also showed something similar last week at build uh, so i was there and they demoed this video creator they i forgot the name of the app which they demoed they started of the windows 10 uh, fall creators update with that the uh, the video editing app and i think that lets you do something similar that if you're at an event you can request others to send photos of that particular event and they all show up in your in your app which i think is really cool because uh, like i think you you right really pointed out right now we have a problem that a bunch of us go for an event or you know somewhere and or the photos are spread out across uh, different devices so i think it's great that both microsoft and google are kind of uh, looking to solve that problem uh yeah and what's also really cool is the fact that they've tried to integrate google lens into it as well which i mean in a way could turn photos and a lot of what google is doing into uh what goggles should have been to a large degree and into what bixby promises to be except that it's i think out to a large degree and should be you know ready to use soon enough I and mean, especially if you're traveling especially if you're going to places where uh, you might not have a, a record idea of what you're clicking or, or what it is exactly it's a, it's a good way for, to aid in actual real life discovery yeah, yeah like so, the, they are it's about in google photos which is that the fact that you can look up you can use lens to look up information later i think because that real time stuff has been there in different apps for a while but the fact that you can do it at a later stage i think that's that's going to be a real use really useful feature yeah i do agree and i mean it's also like a, like the culmination of so many things that have been happening over the past few years like uh, google acquired word lens which was that visual uh, translation app where you point your camera at anything and you get a translation so uh, that has been like uh, i mean they shut down that app and they integrated it into the main um, uh, some other main google apps and finally now we have this google lens feature coming out of that and uh, this is something that i had been looking forward to for a very long time having all of these uh, i mean the best of google uh, in in uh, say one experience so now what they showed today which was that um, the you can you can have the assistant and google lens basically involved in one app and that shows you a lot of useful things like especially when you travel and when you're not familiar with the language it does help a lot i i remember i was in um, china uh, a couple of years ago and at that time i was totally at sea and uh, i just went for a walk on my own i couldn't read half the signs and i could not even like uh, talk to people or figure out what's going on so something like this would have helped me immensely on on that trip I'm more curious about half the signs you could read because I've not seen any signs in English in China. <laughs> yeah, I was just like looking at the numbers and guessing okay this must be there and yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, that aside uh, Google also did mention that uh Android O will get faster boot times which is I mean great if you if you're the sort who switches your off your phone often. um data say and and they also talked about picture in picture which is finally coming across the board i mean it's something samsung devices have had for a while particularly the note series and it's it's good to see that there's going to be parity across but what what io to me it has done is that while google shown off all the cool stuff on software it 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 probably leaves a few hints on what to expect when we actually see the next pixel or next set of actual devices in september october when they're out 
So uh I mean uh, the one thing that I noticed was that there was absolutely zero mention of any uh, watch even though there was like a minor uh, show of a smartwatch in one of the slides uh, but that that's something that I am definitely not expecting and I'd be very surprised if if they push it uh, but other than that I would say that you know at this at some point in the near future I mean the phone is definitely coming uh, and we could also see some kind of a device that integrates that uh Google Home with a screen now they already mentioned today that this is their way of integrating it uh, that Chromecast and phone and all that but it seems like a very clunky um, solution to be honest um i think what amazon is doing with the echo look something like that could be in the works based on whatever i could gather from today's event yeah, yeah it's clunky i mean because it's not all the tv is not always on i think but when it is on it's it seemed like a you know it's like a no it seemed like a no brainer thing to do until they figure out a better way or until they ship that hardware that you mentioned so i think it it made it made a lot of sense to to do that and i was like i've been using a google home in india for a while so not everything is available but since google play music launched in india i think the device became a lot more useful you can just ask it to play any song at any given time and it does that so uh, but the chromecast in- integration is really killer right i mean i think they showcased that in more than one demo and it was there in the video as well you just tell it to play something on your tv and it just plays it's the first time i remember I I did that it was like wow you know we're living in the future type so but it was but you I mean yeah I think it uh it's really interesting what they have uh, you know what they're doing in that space and now they're bringing the device to a lot more countries so uh, let's see when India finally figures on that list Yeah but uh in in addition to that they they did stress heavily on the fact that there's going to be a bunch more devices coming out towards the end of the year and they showed a bunch of partners we're going to be on board for what they're doing with home so i wouldn't be surprised if we see a screen solution from a third party partner rather than google itself yeah i think yeah, i think they had a bunch of uh, names on the slide uh, and with the sdk yeah you're right i think we're going to see google assistant everywhere now probably you know let's see which is the first car to bring it or something like that yeah Yeah in so many of these fields Amazon has taken the lead which is kind of surprising because uh, CES was the time when they really went big on that uh, Alexa being in multiple devices and they even had a few announcements regarding fridges and TVs that had uh, Alexa built in I think so it's nice to see that Google is also competing and it's I mean only time will tell which of these is it turns out to be the you know winner in this uh, particular race but as we've been discussing you know through the beginning of this podcast it's that competition is always good and ultimately as long as people can choose what they want uh, it's it's only going to be good for them Yeah I think you're right in that sense Google is playing catch up with Amazon in terms of uh, you, you rightly said I think CES belonged to Alexa pretty much there was Alexa this Alexa that there was Alexa like everywhere on C- in CES so the Alexa SDK has been out uh, with partners for a while so in that sense Google is playing catch up and there is one company which is doing its developer conference in June that seems to be completely absent from this field Yeah although oh. we've been hearing a lot of rumors about something that they have been working on something about a cylinder that they may be launching uh but once again i mean after watching every time i see the progress that google is making with machine learning and with voice recognition uh i keep wondering if that uh, said company will ever catch up now now if we have nothing good to say we shouldn't be saying anything oh i wonder who said that <laughs> yeah but kuna though just to digress for a second uh con- considering that io is a developer event and obviously seen by a, a lot of developers were in attendance What phone did you see most people carrying at IO? I uh, yeah that's a good question. 
I didn't really notice that, but I'm I like I'll I'll keep an eye out and I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, because it'll be interesting to see what the people who are making our apps are using. It it would just be you know cool cool thing to know. Yeah, I mean I saw I was mostly hanging out with the journalists. I should try and hang out both with the developers and see. Yeah, I'm sure most of them would have some you know mid to high end Android device, and that's a, that's been a bit of a problem because uh, I think Facebook was a company that made it a rule that everybody should have an Android device and that too like a, a mid to low end Android device so that you know the apps that they are working on, the features that they are working on, these should work properly on those phones because the majority of the people are going to have those phones. So it'll be interesting to see what Kunal's answer is finally. Yeah, I wonder um, how many of those stories are true and uh, you know that's or is that just a way of I mean I'm sure they test out the apps and they live you know test those the apps on low end phones a long time for a long time and you know during their job but I doubt anybody is ditching their iPhone for a you know low end Android device and for their primary phone. Yeah, maybe yeah. once they reach office they put the iPhone in the bag and you know switch to the other device. No, yeah. or it's it's just a it's just a nice story to tell people, right? That we're testing exactly. our own devices you're using. Uh, but the reality is, at the end of the day, you're gonna have a separate set of devices you're testing on, and one which you use as a personal thing. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So another thing that really I mean struck out to me was that they went out of their way to say that this Gboard keyboard has some 22 Indian languages. I mean, support for 22 Indian languages can transliterate from Hindi as well, and you know helps with translation as well. Uh, but there was no mention of the same thing for Google Assistant. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that as well. They said that uh, when they announced all those languages, uh, I thought probably they're going to name at least one Indian language there. But yeah, I was not too surprised and that the Gboard thing was really a shout out to fans in India and nothing more, I think, because that feature has been announced for quite a while, if I'm not wrong. Yes, and, it's been available uh, for a while. And uh, so yeah, it was nothing more than a shout out to people back in India, really. Yeah. And ultimately, it'll be a lot more interesting to see Google Home being optimized for this country and maybe even assistant working in languages such as Hindi. So, yeah, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Uh, Kunal, anything in particular that you noticed uh, at the event that you might want to call out? I think uh, it, the, the focus on machine learning is, I think, we're something, is something we're seeing as a focus that is kind of uh, driving the entire company right now, right? I think uh, uh, you have Sundar Pichai mentioning that during his opening remarks as well, that essentially it's Google is now like a machine learning first kind of a company. So, it's... And it's it's like amazing to see the kind of uh, apps and use cases that are being enabled out of this. Like I mean, again, probably Google Photos was my favorite uh, announcement from today. And another personal favorite was the fact that Google Home gets Bluetooth support. I like actually yelled out yes, and everybody was looking at me when that was announced. So it's it's because it was so frustrating. I think this device has Bluetooth and it's right there, and I couldn't pair it with my phone to just play music when I'm not playing it from my phone. So uh, so yeah. What about you guys? What what did you find most interesting? So, uh, what I found really, at least personally, what I found the most interesting is that Android O gets better boot times because, yeah, I kind of switch off my phone before I sleep, so it's important to have it. What? Yeah. <laughs> I am one of those. And so, I fa- to me, that was the highlight announcement. No jokes whatsoever. The second thing which I found interesting was while, while the entire focus was on machine learning and AI and all those nice lofty ideals of, you know, people trying to save the world, what worries me is that 90% of the apps out there right now, or maybe maybe not 90, maybe a little less, but a large majority of them, are apps and uh, are apps and use cases meant for entertainment purposes. The monetization model in those cases are essentially well ad-driven, 
Uh, so I'm just wondering how soon before Google flips the switch to allow some form of advertising or some form of revenue generation through machine learning and AI. And uh, that'll be an interesting use case because right now, because you're getting rid of the interface in a lot of these situations, because you're essentially restricted to a chat application and a chat program, how would this function? How, how developers eventually end up making money? I mean, it's all nice to, to showcase developers trying to save the world, but you can't save the world on an empty stomach. And to me, that's where the greatest, the, the greater challenge or the greater curiosity is, where how how soon before the giant uh, ad uh, machinery that is Google uh, decides to flip the switch on that, and how and w what they plan to do about it in a way that isn't too intrusive. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll find out, I guess, with uh, time what they're doing about this. Um, and anyway, so my favorite feature was uh, the Google Photos thing. Like all the announcements uh, that they made were like amazing that that we know. But then uh, there was one slide which uh, Sundar Pichai was the one who was on stage at that time, I guess. He said that at image recognition, Google's own algorithms, machine learning, uh, their network is uh, better than humans. So that kind of is, you know, scary and amazing at the same time. Yeah. It's not that surprising. I mean, once a machine gets uh, intelligent, I think humans are inherently stupid. So it's not a big surprise. Yeah, no, not no. at all. Yeah. But then we've reached here so soon, which is kind of surprising. So in before the laws of robotics show up, that would be nice, please. <laughs> Rishi, any thoughts on the VR announcements, the standalone headsets and everything? Well, honestly, I found them to be... I, I, what, to me, what was most telling was the fact that they had to announce that Samsung will be supporting VR. Uh, because it wasn't baked in, and uh, which which says a lot, which actually says a lot in the way of how uh, a lot of the OEMs have approached VR, and you can't blame them because the first round of VR wasn't that didn't sell that well to the point where today, if you know where to look, you can pick up the first gen Gear VR for a little less than five hundred rupees. It's become that that kind of a situation. So it just seems to be like. Uh, it just seems to be like a nice, like a feature Google just wants to push to, I don't know, keep investors happy to show that they're doing something in terms of a moonshot. But in terms of an actual use case, uh, what they're doing with uh, Lenovo and what they're doing with HCC has a little more promise, in my opinion, because when you're, when you're uh, offering people something that doesn't require a PC, that's a standalone device, I think VR has a greater chance there when it's used indoors. But let's see how it turns out. Uh, it's an interesting time ahead for those of us at Gadgets360 who are massive fans of VR like a shout out to our friend in Bangalore, sorry, Bengaluru, Gopal Sate. Oh, it might be a good time to tell you guys I did get to try the HoloLens last week. So stay tuned on your favorite website for previews, I hope. Yep, yep. Hype. Yeah, so that reminds me that Project Tango AR demo that they showed about uh, basically Google Maps, uh, what was that? Visual positioning system, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, VPS. Visual, visual, uh, VPS, visual positioning service. Yeah, so that was quite interesting. I mean, I can definitely see something like that being a lot more useful in the near future as opposed to VR, which kind of like binds you inside this headset, which I somehow find a little uncomfortable. No, but imagine the amount of data upkeep that requires just to maintain that system. Like, like they gave the example of a store. So what if a store changes stuff from here to there? And, you know, they change where stuff is kept in the aisles. I don't know like how they plan to, uh, the interesting part would be the backend that is powering that. I think for me, that will be more interesting to read, uh, to find out more about that in terms of how they are maintaining all that. How do they expect, uh, let's say the, st the store managers or the owners to update that kind of information? Who's going to, is Google going to do that? Are they going to be responsible for that? 
I think that there's a lot of uh, you know need, there's a lot of detail that needs to be worked out for stuff like that. Yeah, and even even more when you consider if a product's out of stock. So how soon before the store's EIP links ERP links up with Google to ensure that everyone has the data at the right time. So yeah, you're right. This does allow for some uh, very interesting machinations at play. Yeah, because there is re- there is real time data in this, right? It's not like Street View that you map everything once and it you're set for life or or you know whatever until the van comes around again. So you'd get you here. You, everything needs to be updated in real time. Stuff might move. Stuff might go out of stock, like Rishi said. So it will be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, and I'd also see it working much better in a place like America, where at least uh, you can expect that a company like Google can help out with the backend and get data directly from there. But then I'm not sure how many companies would be willing to share that kind of information with a third party. That's you know that's that's something that we'll just see with time. Google wants more data. No way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right then. So I suppose that's all we have for this episode of Orbital and we will see you with another episode next week. And as always, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram at gadgets360. And you can also email us with your questions, comments and feedback at podcast@gadgets360.com. At